0: Good morning. Bone grafts in dentistry is the topic for discussion now. What is bone grafting? Bone grafting is a surgical procedure by which bone is augmented in the defect area resulting from various causes. What could be the causes? Because we need to know the cause in order to address the defect appropriately. One could be a high velocity trauma. As the velocity of the trauma increases, the force increases the impact on the facial bone is inevitable so in that case the patient may report with a huge bone loss apart from the trauma the second the chronic infections the chronic infection usually result from various causes could be a bacterial or fungal and fungal causes are more aggressive and osteolytic in that case we need to replace the last bone the third will be an osteoradionecrosis the mandible or the maxilla can withstand 6000 to 7000 centigrade of radiation for cancer surgeries so if the dose increases more than 7000 centigrade the mandible will eventually lose its blood supply which ultimately result in uh, necrosis which is called osteoradionecrosis in that case we need to replace the bone and some of the congenital deformities may require a bone grafting procedures of course, most of these procedures are aggressive and needs a free flap. What is the difference between the flap and the graft? When you take a bone as a, without any blood vessels, that is called a graft. If you incorporate blood vessels along with the graft, it becomes a flap. So, all the ablative surgeries for cancers or benign lesions like amyloblastoma or huge cyst, we need to excise the complete bone along with the soft tissue sometimes which may require a flap when the defect is less than 6 cm then bone graft is enough as i mentioned earlier bone grafting is without blood supply that is the bone is scooped from one area and placed in the defect area and it has to be given some time to get healed how does that healing take place one is through the neovascularization from the recipient bed that is, when the patient has got a defect in the chin, bone as a result of cyst, dental cyst or a periapical cyst, we need to do an enucleation. After doing the enucleation, what happens? They, that will leave a small defect in that area. In that defect, sometimes it may give an anesthetic appearance for the patients or you may not be placing dental implants or replace, replacing the prosthesis will be difficult. So, in that case, we need to become a, see the, the uh, bone graft, grafting becomes inevitable. So, as I said, if the defect size is less than 6 centimeters, bone graft is enough. So, where will we obtain the bone graft? Before that, we will discuss the types of bone graft. One is autograft, obtaining bone from the same patient, same individual. Allograft, different individual of the same species. So, how can it be compatible? Yes, it needs a lyophilization. That is, you make it antigen-antibody-free, which is called transgenic. So, transgenization of the bone is called lyophilized bone or allograft. That can also be used. Third is the semi-synthetic material called alloplast, beta-tricalcium phosphate, hydroxyapatite, crystal, all these things will have a bone-conducting facility. when we discuss about the different sources of bone we need to talk about the two major components the process of bone healing one is osteoinduction and another is a osteoconduction. Osteoinduction is inducing the bone in the recipient site. What is that inducing? Bone arises from the osteoprogenitor cells which is present in the periosteum region. The periosteum could be endosteum or periosteum where red blood cells are abundant in which osteoprogenitor cells, that is this osteoprogenitor cells are vulnerable to form a bone. Even a minor stimulus can induce that. So in that place if you take autograft that is obtaining bone graft obtained from the same patient and transfer to that area defect which is having lot of osteoprogenitor cells that induces the bone to form the so, most safest and easiest way of doing this this is called osteoinduction. what is osteoconduction if the defect size is huge for example there is a uh, two wall defect in the periodontal pocket in that area only two surfaces are intact the other two surfaces are open so now the defect size is long huge in that place you need to add something to conduct the bone formation how to conduct the bone formation using some similar compound or material which act as a conductor. For example, like uh, some membranes which are used for used as a conductor. They are called scaffold. The third is the fracture healing. What is that fracture healing? Bony ends are cut. But they are very close to each other. The surgeon reduces that bone that keeps in a position is called reduction. So, once that is reduced and the fixation is done. Once the fixation is done, the bone to bone contact is intact. So, again that osteoinduction will take place. On the other way, for example, if the defect is quite long, it is exceeding 6 centimeters, the space cannot be filled with your regular bone. So, in that case, you need a scaffold. That scaffold is a conducting which holds as a holder, which holds which is biocompatible to the bone specifically and conducts the bone formation from one end to the another end. Another option is called distraction osteogenesis. What is distraction osteogenesis? Making cut in the bone between the defect and the native bone and every day one millimeter of bone is distracted, moved from the site of fracture. So one mm of distraction that is moving into times, that is 0.5 mm in the morning and 0.5 mm in the evening. So, the distraction slowly moves the bone. When the bone is moved, the gap between the bone, moving bone and the stable bone will have a callus formation. So, that induces new bone and forms a bone at the end of the sixth month. It has got some three phases. One is latency phase, distraction phase and the third is the consolidation phase. At the end of the consolidation phase, new bone has formed coming to the types of bone so so far we discussed about the source of bone next is the types of bone what is the type based on the structural architecture one is the cortical bone second is the cancellous bone third is the cortico cancellous block when i discuss with the wall defects three wall defects or two wall defects we need to place we need to fill the gap with cortico cancellous block what is that cortico cancellous block for example, the outermost cortex incorporated with the cancellous bonuses, cortico cancellous block. Cortical bonus will help you as a scaffold. Cancellous bone induces the bone where the red blood cells are more. Coming to the cancellous bone, cancellous chips, we call. What is that cancer? Taking only the cancellous bone, not involving the cortical bone. And the first is the cortical bone, only the cortex which has got a rich in which is rich in uh, uh, demineralized cortical bone otherwise called as bone morphogenetic protein It's again a tissue engineered bone. Another factor, another method of inducing the bone is ultrasonic, intrafragmentary movement, mild intrafragmentary movement which produces ultrasonic current which induces the bone to form a new bone. Native bone is there, you induce that bone to form a new bone usually happens with your fractures so so we have discussed about various types of bone various sources of bone and how will you do that there's a philip boyne theory of uh, principles of bone healing as we all know mandible and maxilla arising from the intramembranous ossification that is arising from the membrane some of the areas like uh, iliac crest Fibula, uh, rib, all these bones are arising from the cartilage, also called as endochondral origin, arising from the cartilaginous source. We won't replace a palate. That is, a patient has had a cleft palate, for example, and addressed by many methods, and ultimately resulting in a defect in the alveolus. The canine is not getting erupted, so we need to enhance the canine eruption. We need to do a alveolar bone grafting. Unless you do the alveolar bone grafting, the canine will not erupt. Now, what we do for that? Usually, what we do is we take a graft from the iliac crest, which is an endochondral origin, whereas the palate is arising from the intramembranous origin. So there is a dissimilar origin of ossification. Palate is having the defect in which we need to fill the defect with endochondral origin. In that case the volume differs. What is that volume differing? Say for example one cc of defect is there in the alveolars of the palate. To replace one cc of the defect we need to take five cc of bone from the iliac rest. Why? Because both are having a dissimilar source of ossification, palate arises from the intramembranous whereas uh, iliac arises from the endochondral origin. So if you want to replace one is to one say for example uh, to restore the one centimeter of defect if you want to fill with one cc of bone then you choose the site the bone which is arising from the intramembranous origin that is similar origin you can take it from the calvarium or from the chin or from the uh, ramus or from the retromolar area. So, these are all the bones giving bone uh, from the intramembranous origin. This is one principle. Second principle is rich in red blood cells. When Wherever there is a cancellous bone, comparatively uh, with the uh, mandible, maxilla is having more of cancellous than your mandible. So, if you take a m- less amount of maxilla to replace mandible it'll be easy. If you take mandibular graft, you need to take more than what is required. Though they are arising from the same origin, intramembranous origin, maxilla is rich in red blood cells, you want to replace the iliac, I mean, you, you want to replace the allure bone of the uh, maxilla, you have to take, if you take, if you choose to take mandibular bone you need to take more of bone because red blood cells is more in the maxilla you have to c- compete with the bone which is supplied from the mandible so red blood cells plays a major criteria any other source that you can take exact amount of the requirement yes tissue engineered bone like demineralized cortical bone otherwise called as recombinant bone morphogenetic protein one of the bone in the field of uh, reconstructive surgery what is that rec- uh, recombinant uh, BMP, cartical bonus, cartical as well as cancers both are having adequate bone morphogenetic protein. So, this bone morphogenetic protein can uh, is having a osteoinductive property. It is a tissue engineered bone obtained from the di- different individual commercially available. You can restore even the mandibular defect, huge mandibular defect using this. But the drawback with this method is you need to have a scaffold again. What is the scaffold? If the patient has got a central part of the mandible, complete mandible is lost, angle to angle uh, there was a that was rejected and uh, resulting in a huge defect. In that case, you need to put a, your bone morphogenetic protein. So, to conduct that osteoinduction, you need to have a scaffold which is again bone compatible material, could be a collagen sheet or it could be collagen fibers where the osteoinduction is enhanced. So, what are the anatomical sources that you can obtain? From head to toe, you can obtain anywhere else. The non-essential source, what are the non-essential sources? If you excavate the bone from that part, that argon will not lose its function or stability. It's called non-essential. These are accessory sources. For example, you can take from the calvarium, you can take the up to the outer cortex. The second is your tuberosity, palate, retromolar area, ramus of the mandible, chin. Chin is the maximum bone you can obtain in the maxillofacial region. These are the local sources. Coming to the regional sources. What are the regional sources? Local sources is close to the defect, close to the proximity of the defect. That is like uh, chin, uh, retromolar area, or ramus of the mandible, palate, whatever it is. Regional is slightly away from the site of defect. For example, sternoclavicular, clavicle. You can take a lot of bone from the clavicle. Scapula, you can take uh, ribs. Uh, Humorous. these are all the areas that you can take distance sites are what are the distance side iliac crest iliac again divided into anterior iliac and the posterior iliac anterior iliac you can take up to 150 cc of bone posterior you can more than up to take 300 to 400 cc but then you have to turn the patient upside down if you want to obtain bone from the posterior iliac crest tibia is another wonderful source you can obtain from uh, to restore the uh, defect and uh, dorsalis pedis bone region and fibula. Fibula is, of course, one of the best source, non complicated surface, superficial, free graft is readily obtained from fibula, it is one of the best bone. Rib is mainly used for reconstruction of the temporomandular joint disorders. So, for example, the patient has got TMG ankylosis, the ramus is shortened, condyle is sacrificed. Uh, In that case, uh, rib will be useful. Rib as well as your sternoclavicular joint. What's the difference between these two? Sternoclavicular joint is helpful in restoring the uh, TMG of the adult. Whereas rib is used for growing patient or children. Why such discrimination? (coughs) The unpredictable. the cartilaginous part is more with your rib. So, when the patient is growing, the condyle also will grow. The condyle which is reconstructed using your cartilaginous part of the rib is acting as a condyle, will form until the patient completes the growth. Whereas, adult sternoclavicular joint is ideal which never has a growth potential like your rib. So, adult doesn't require uh, growth after some time. So, in that case, uh, sternoclavicular joint will be enough.